Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Box Set Pod, a podcast about box sets and the love of them that we all share at the moment. I'm Howell. I'm Jamie. And we ask you to recommend the box set to three friends Please do again. Thank you for your efforts last week. We can see if we can see if you're listening, and we can tell if you're recommending it to people. And we appreciate it if you do. Um, we want to get these figures up as high as possible, and then we can turn up at someone like Kevin Spacey's door and say we've got millions of of uh, downloads a week. Will Let you come interview and you, and it'll help because it's not up to Kevin, but it, it, to get as far as him, you have to talk to somebody first. People like that, you know. So please do everything you can if you've got any way of marketing in the podcast if you love it share it in some way thank you now welcome to another box set special episode so oh big apologies how embarrassing for the last three weeks probably for the last month we've been saying that the next episode is going to be a direct us commentary where jamie and i um talk our way through an episode of a box set and it's going to be the red wedding from game of thrones yeah i think season three some episode but and as you can tell we're not doing it again this week we have put it off for one more week because we got a really exciting interview for you lined up um and we wanted to put that on first and and then the game of thrones one will match nicely with the release of the next season of game of thrones it's coming up very soon it'd be nice and exciting to do a little director's commentary around that and uh, don't worry if you've not seen game of thrones it doesn't matter the kind of that's going to be the fun of it is not spoiling anything whilst also doing a director's commentary so we'll see um but today we're going to talk to Anne. she is from Lilyhammer. she's one of the creators of Lilyhammer. i have watched every episode of Lilyhammer. i think you've done two seasons i've done two i've not done the third season it's on netflix actually i've done the first episode of season three it's great man you gotta you gotta stick with it it's brilliant yeah it's so funny and it's a funny thing and we we got more than our usual seven minutes with Anne. First, I want to talk about Sophie. Sophie Davis sent us an email. Um, I just thought I'd send you guys my two, my top three box sets Ooh, for my spaceship crusade. Of course, of course. Is, we like to ask you, if you were going on a spaceship and you were never coming back to Earth and you could only take a top three, what would you take? You can only take three. Sophie says, I've not heard you guys mention um, two series in my top three. I wonder if you'd ever watched them or if you've enjoyed them. So here they are. One. Greenwing. Greenwing. Good choice again. Of course. We miss out the comedies. Two, Arrested Development. Fife did say that, I think, didn't he? Um, Arrested Development's brilliant, yeah. Um, And... Or was it the other one? What's the, what's the other one there that's similar to that? He, in, he in mentioned um, Kirby Enthusiasm. Kirby Enthusiasm, yeah. Um, Kingdom Hospital is the third one. Oh. I've not seen that, but I've heard that's very good. What's yeah. Kingdom Hospital about? It's about hospital. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like a... I think it's oh, sort it of... Star, does it star... What's the name from uh, Orange is the New Black? 
Um, is that the, that one or is that another one? Possibly a different one, but I think it's like it's like a sort of gothic kind of hospital sort of thing. But I've not actually seen it, so I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. But I have seen Arrested Development. I love it. Green Wing is just one of the most unbelievably brilliant comedies. Uh, it's on Channel Four. I only did two series though, which I was gutted about. Really funny. I feel, says Sophie, with all these series, I can either watch them um, and really get into them over and over, or I can have them in the background while I'm doing odd jobs. And that's the, the, the we, we're seeing more and more of that kind of like, we seem to go through this phase where we everybody got really serious and it was all the Scandinavian noir stuff and it was, and it was Sopranos and The Wire and all that. And then you've got, I can't go a box set without mentioning it, Chuck and things like that, which are... Uh, more disposable. Well, more you know like what? That. That's another good question. What show do you watch when you're doing household chores? Because usually yeah. you choose something that you might have watched before. That's right. You like it's like it's like a comfort blanket. Yes. At the moment, I've been rewatching Community. Like while I'm doing right. the washing up, I've yeah. got Community on in the background. Very funny. Dexter's mine. After listening to your shows and previous recommendations, I think I should give you both a little bit of information about myself. Can you re- guys recommend me a series? Oh, I like it. Okay. Yeah, here's right. her information. So I'm 22. I'm also a registered nurse, hence the hospital theme. Um, so in that sense, I enjoy dark humour. I'm also a big fan of hospital-based comedy like Joe Brand's Getting On and House, or obviously brilliant, but I'm also a fan of surreal humour and dark comedy like Black Books, Bottom, uh. League of Gentlemen, but I feel I can't find anything new can you guys recommend a new comedy series for me? Thanks, Sophie. Thanks for your email, Sophie. I'll tell you exactly what pops in my head straight away. Go on. Mighty Boosh. Oh, my God, Sophie, have you watched The Mighty Boosh? I, ma- I imagine you might have watched it, Sophie, because you've got such amazing taste in stuff. But if you haven't, Boosh fits the surreal and the, dark yes. humour that you're looking for. Oh, yeah. Sophie. There's three what series. a treat if you haven't watched that. Also, on Netflix, is, is a, it's a, there's a series uh, about Monty Python that came out a few years ago, and I've only just watched it. And it's a six-part documentary series about Monty Python. And it is brilliant. Just search Monty Python on there. You'll find it. And um, I didn't appreciate... I've never... I've, I've read Michael Palin's diaries. I absolutely love them. I do love Monty Python, but I never appreciated the series as much as as now I've watched this seri- this um, documentary series. It's so worth watching. Some of the funniest sketches I've seen are on there. And the lineup of people on there talking about... Yeah. Monty Python is unbelievable. Love Steve it. Coogan and Harry Shearer and people like that. The other thing I'd re- recommend, Sophie, is uh, it's probably harder to get hold of. You can buy it on box set, but it's the Larry Sanders show. I think you can get it on iTunes to download it as well, but it's brilliant. It's like, it's it's very dark. It's a chat chat show, behind the scenes sort of show. And it's like, it was like before Alan Partridge, there was Larry <sighs> Sanders. I've just realised what she needs to watch. What? It's not only set in a hospital. But it's really dark humour, really weird, and I only did, I think, one series, maybe two. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Garth, Garth Marenghi's Dark, dark Place. place. Oh, oh, my that's, God. That's the one. That oh is my the choice. God. If you haven't watched Garth Marenghi's <laughs> Dark Place. Let me tell you a little story. Oh, my God, that was good. Back in my theatre days, Here I was doing a play. and I was, I was down in Cardiff, and there were two theatres in this one theatre. My play was in one, and in another, the kind of touring shows would come in. And Dark, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place came on tour. Oh to yeah, this place. Uh, that, and it I, had the Richard Ayoa deed in it. Richard Ayoa Ayoa Richard. I you've I, I can pronounce it. You've Richard, just made my brain Richard. unable to. Ayoade. Ayoade. Richard Ayoade in it. He was in it, and the guy who created it, the Garth Marenghi guy, who I can never remember the name of. I was such a fan of it, and they were there. 
and I was really tired, but I actually just went back to the theatre because obviously I had my backstage pass. Yeah. I just went back to the theatre. I sat at the back of it. I watched them do it. Yeah. And then afterwards, I loitered in the corridor waiting for one of them to walk past. Really? And the guy who plays Garth actually kept walked out the door. And I just tried to keep my stuff together. Did you say anything? So, yeah. I went, listen, I just love it. I absolutely love what you're doing. I'm doing a play in the other room. And it's, yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. It's, uh, and he was a lovely guy. Um, and it's one of the funniest series. It's it's kind of set. It's almost like it's been made on VHS on purpose. It's, it's supposed to be crap. It's that's the like, idea. It's, it's like a parody, parodying like an 80s sort of drama hospital drama yeah it's it's unbelievably funny sophie will you let us know if you've seen those things that we've recommended uh, if you have let us know and we'll try and think of something else if not pick one of them watch it and you can be our next guinea pig let us know how you got on with them you know what i'm gonna do tonight get my garth Marenghi. i'm gonna email garth Marenghi. oh god do it i've not seen him in a while yes i mean if we could get him on this pod that would be oh, absolutely no. fantastic dozy wouldn't it oh sweet what's his name let's find him i didn't know it i've forgotten it okay um it's time to have our special guest uh, I'm in my office in Rubicon TV in Oslo. This is a good location. It's my first podcast ever. So, uh, oh, hi. Anne's first podcast. Please welcome to the box set pod <laughs> Anne Bjornstad from uh, Lilyhammer, the creator <laughs> of Lilyhammer. So excited to talk to you. Yes. First of all, have I pronounced your second name correctly? Bjornstad? Oh. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite good. It's uh, Björnstad in Norwegian, so Bjørnstad. it's like the O is in instead of Ø, which is a you know special Norwegian letter that you don't have in your alphabet. So um, I think she, you did pretty good. See, right at the beginning of the interview, she's making us feel inferior <laughs> for not having you enough. in your special letter. Yeah, we have we have three more letters than you actually. So, you know, we're pretty special. Hello, I love visiting Norway. I've been over quite a few times. I, oh, yeah. yeah, and Norway gives me um, a feeling. I think it, I think I love Lilyhammer a lot, and I think part of that is that I kind of I understood quicker that this wasn't a mafia film, a mafia TV show. Particularly, it was it was a comedy about it's a situation comedy that, that put a mafioso guy in a country that has got quite. Um, Quite a bureaucratical approach to things, perhaps. But uh, before we get on to that, I just want to say I always feel inferior when I'm in Norway. I think the roads are perfect. I think the water's nice. I think the the space and the beauty and the food, everything in Norway seems to be better. And then I fly back to post-industrial Great Britain with millions and millions of people running around watching Jeremy Kyle on TV (laughs) with their... tabloid press and i am ashamed to be british do you feel superior to us that's my first question <laughs> no not at all be honest uh, Anne. I, I, it's, I, it's okay I, Anne. Just say you look it. at britain across the water and you go what are they doing <laughs> no you know coming from norway uh, as um, a young person i always felt like i was um, a farmer uh, compared to everyone else, <laughs> like I was uh, the one in the room who wasn't 
you know, quite civilized. Um, <laughs> I suppose you are a farmer by numbers because there's there's what set, how many million people are in Norway? Set four, uh, seven? about five, I think. Yeah. Now. five million in a country twice the size of ours, and yeah. we've got sixty-five million people. Oh, <laughs> no wonder the roads are better over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it has to do with the oil, you know. Yeah, right. But then, what happens as a result of this of of a country that is quite secure and quite well fed and and got got lots of oil it seems to be that the front page of the newspapers are the la- is the latest diet craze that's the biggest headline <laughs> in norway uh, i guess i guess you're right uh, <laughs> and then and it, and it becomes perfect ground for writing the kind of thing that you did so so where, how did you come to this story did it start with the social commentary or did it start with the situation comedy I created and wrote this show together with Eilif Skodlin, who is also my husband. And we used to to be comedy writers uh, earlier on in our careers. So we were doing uh, a satirical show, a weekly show, um, when we came up with the idea for Lilyhammer. Um, and um, it was kind of interesting. It was all, uh, I think it was in the start of the 2000s, you know, like two. two 2003 maybe that we uh, came up with the idea of um, you know a mafia guy coming to Norway because he watched the Olympics and thought you know <laughs> hey that could be a good place to hide out and and we we thought you know at the time we didn't realize that it could be a TV series we thought hey that would be a cool book or a cool movie or whatever but we were so busy working on our TV show that we didn't do anything with it yes. <laughs> and then uh, later on uh, we uh, after watching, you know, all the. I, I think it's because we we started, you know, the, all the way with um, with um, new TV shows, cable shows from the states that all have uh, this type of strong premise, um, you know, like um, uh, hung. Uh, you have a, yeah. the PE teacher who turns into a prostitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, weeds. Yes, where a suburban yeah. house mother starts dealing drugs. And then we yeah. realized that, you know, th- this type of, of idea that earlier had been viewed like more of a one-off, you know, like a movie, that how could this be yeah. turned into a series? When we saw that other people made series like this, we realized that, of course, we could we could also turn this into a TV series and and um, it's kind of fascinating now to go back to our notes from that time in 2003 <laughs> because it was you know the, it was the whole idea then we just had the whole idea really one day and then we did it did years we, later and and it's the same it's uh, pretty interesting were you at all binge watching sopranos as well <laughs> actually we uh, we have watched sopranos a number of times and of course that was why we thought of steven uh, it was part of the reason we thought of steven and dreamed of him as our lead person because um, we loved him in Sopranos, and also we knew that he has some ties to Norway. So, like you, he had been a lot in, in Norway. So we knew, we thought that you know maybe because he has been here, he knows about the bureaucracy, he knows about the Norwegian way, and he can see that the idea has like different levels. You yeah. have the, the very sort of uh, concrete level with uh, a mafia guy who falls in the snow and thinks it's very cold and stuff like that. But you also have. Um, uh, a, a different layer in the idea where he is like a social Darwinist 
predator from New York who comes to, <laughs> <Socially>. <laughs> who comes to unsuspecting social democracy yeah. in Lillehammer. <laughs> and, um, and that, you know, the idea works on different levels and that makes it a little bit more interesting also uh, oh, for him. And he, uh, and we were right about that. He, when we pitched it to him, he sort of immediately uh, grasped the idea and started telling us stories of things that he had experienced in Norway. And, ah, you know, right. it was just, we, we had a really good time, so. How much of the, when you look back at your notes from 2003 now, how much of what we've seen were was written down? How far did you go with the plot? <laughs> it wasn't that much. It was like maybe three sentences. <laughs> uh, New York mobster. Uh, watches um, the Olympics, Winter Olympics on TV, um, and um, decides to to go into witness protection in Lillehammer. And uh, he is, uh, um, you know, that the local criminals are not as tough as him. Something like that. <laughs> we we went to Lillehammer with our radio show, yeah, um, and we did a yeah we did a, a week of shows from Lillehammer uh, two years ago. Uh, no, three. Oh, no, three. Uh, God, three, three, three and a half years yeah, ago yeah. Uh, at Christmas, and we had a great. I mean, we Lillehammer's a great place. We we went, we used the bobsleigh. We went on the bobsleigh. Yes, we wow. did. Oh. You tried it? Yeah, oh yeah, it was terrifying. Awful. Wow. Oh, yeah. How I, does, mean, I would never dare to do that. It's <laughs> horrible. It's like whiplash. Um, you, it's, you're in a coffin getting whiplash. <laughs> and some some people have yeah. woken up one day and decided that their lot in life, their calling is to sit in a in a fifty mile in a hundred mile an hour Top. coffin going down a hill. <laughs> What's wrong with them? It's insane. We have, we have one episode where where this guy is sent down the bobsleigh. Oh not, yeah, yeah. You know, not voluntarily. And, yeah, um, I forgot about that. They, they get their way with him. It's sort of a mafia, Scandic mafia type method. I uh, I was screaming at the TV. I've been on that bobsleigh. <laughs> um, so uh, so we did the show from there. And we did it from P4 Radio Station, which is just on the high street there. I think you do a lot of filming on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and something that the guy who we were working with there said to us, really nice guy called Christopher, said... Um, Lilyhammer is a place that it's split between two pe- two kinds of people. One kind of people who want to get past the Olympics and one kind of people who think that the Olympics are still happening. <laughs> <laughs> Seems mm. to be quite a funny premise in itself. Is that why you chose Lilyhammer? Because, you know, the, um, when Norway got the Winter Olympics that time, it was like a really, really huge deal for Norwegians. Mm. And they had like all kinds of mottos like... They said we couldn't do it, but we did it anyway. <laughs> it's a huge deal in Norway, and Norwegian felt it went so well, and and I think also because um, because uh, you know it, because of the figure skating um, thing with Nancy Kerrigan yeah, and Tonya Harding, it was among the most viewed. It, it still is about uh, some. I think uh, on the list of the most most viewed. Um, TV events in American history. Wow. So wow. it's like on the top 10 list still. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton was there and, uh, wow. you know, a lot of <laughs> celebrities. So it was like the first time in years that Norway was like in the in the news uh, in the world. And, you know, it's like um, the national pride of Norway. So it's yeah. kind of funny because 
there are all these weird things with the Olympics. Like they had the opening ceremony where everyone were dressed like some kinds of trolls. And there <laughs> yes, was I remember that. Giant egg that opened, and there were doves flying out, and you know, it's it's just like the. It's, it's such a kitschy thing, yeah. um, but also very sort of emotional and uh, sweet. So it's, uh, I think it's like a perfect uh, ingredient in a comedy, I guess. Steve Coogan once said, to, to parody something properly, you really have to love it. Oh, yes, yes, I, I totally agree. You know, you, 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 um, you really you have to have your heart in it, I think, for it to, to really work. It's not supposed to be some kind of puzzle for your mind. It, you have to sort of engage your whole because, emotional system for but, it to work. But, but can I, I ask you something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah because, um, you know, it, it, when we started writing Lilyhammer and through shooting the whole first season, cut, editing the whole first season, um, we had no clue that it was going to sort of be shown in different places in the world. Oh, right. <laughs> so oh. I have been so amazed by, you know, that people like it other places also. Um, you know, what, what, why do you like it? I think wow. it's, it's like from the very start. I mean, just the starting title sequence is just it, it drew it drew me in immediately because it's like that journey musically and uh, and visually from New York and this world of gangsters into like through the tunnel into like Norway and this beautiful landscape and it's the atmosphere and then the music kicks in the sort of uh, the sort of symphony and it's just it's just a brilliant like it draws you in immediately into this world and then you've got Steve Van Sant who is all in a lot of ways all right he's a gangster and there's that element but he's also sort of the fish out of water in mm. this sort of very fascinating little world that you kind of want to be almost be part of but it's just it, it just draws you in and it's just very funny as well I know. And, <laughs> no, and, I'm, I'm glad to hear it but i'm kind of you know it's kind of uh amazing because um i feel like you know norway is kind of a strange place and not like anywhere else yeah <laughs> so, it's so, so like anywhere else uh, though because we yeah, don't live in in london we're from the north of england and mm. and i think most countries have a capital city and then they have the rural the more rural end and the i think the small town thing the quiet yeah, the yeah. quiet life is is something and then you mix that with for me i love it i think i was drawn in because it's a mixture of the gangster plot but i've never been a big gangster plot guy and what this does is it makes you it makes you see that perhaps perhaps the gangsters becoming better so all gang from scarface to soprano you know all of those stories are about somebody becoming worse and becoming evil and mm. and with this it was almost like the promise that maybe maybe some good would rub off on this person <laughs> yeah. and then mix that with the wish fulfillment when you go through the tunnel in the opening credits and you're in Lilyhammer in this yeah. wonderful white snowy world it's the wish fulfillment of god I would love yeah. part of me would love to be taken away by witness protection <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. if only I did something bad enough to need to go away in witness protection that's my new goal in life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very escapist. When you're watching it and you're sat in your lounge at home and it's raining outside in the northwest of England and there's grey clouds, just to be in this snowy wonderland with all these like fascinating people and it, it does just like it's a great place to escape to in your mind and it takes. Like being in a journey. Christmas card. Yeah, yeah, but with a gangster. With a gangster. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, I'm you know I'm really glad you liked it and it's um, you know it's it's so funny to talk to people and, and hear what they think of the show. 
What is uh, because we never thought about that when we created it. So, what what I I know you know you said like it's it was originally just a very sort of simple gimmick, a simple device, and a, a gangster goes into this world. But the layers on that, you know, it is funny. But what what I think is great about it is there's a real like danger element to it. You feel like you're watching something that can touch you as well as can scare you and can make you laugh, which is a really difficult thing to pull off. Mm, yeah, well, <laughs> well, I'm really happy that you like it so much. We we thought, you know, an important sort of designing principle for us in the first season was that we wanted, you know, uh, Frank Tagliano is the protagonist, but we wanted the antagonist to be uh, Norway in um, different shapes. Like yeah. in the first episode, when he comes to Norway, he has to go to the unemployment office yeah, and yeah. he meets this uh, social worker that Rude. he tries to no, bribe. And then, you know, he, he that's his antagonist in the first uh, episode. And then we wanted, you know, in a different episode, he, um, uh, he has to take a driver's license, which is like, you know, a really big deal in Norway, very expensive, very time consuming. And we wanted, you know, his antagonist to be the driver instruct- instructor. We wanted there to be a, a male midwife to be like his yeah. antagonist in another episode. So, <laughs> so this was like our idea that, uh, that this gangster sort of collides head on into um, Norway in different disguises, um, uh, and it and it worked so well. And then I think the second <laughs> series got better, but this the third series, which I've just finished, is just, I just love it. I just think it's brilliant. The, I just want to talk about some of the other actors because um, I used to uh, write a bit of comedy and work with 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 actors who were good at comedy. We had a guy on the podcast a couple of weeks ago called Russell Gomer, who's a, a Welsh physical comedian and he reminds me of a lot of tour gear of Tron mm-hmm. is it Tron Fausa do you say Fausa yes Fauser. Our, the Tron Fausa Aurvog Tron Fausa <laughs> <laughs> okay well he uh, the, that's another reason actually uh, you know a big reason for me why I watch it and why I think it's so good is Tron's physical performance it, you don't realise for the first couple of series you, you really don't realise that he's uh, as skillful as he is you know, it's like, you know, if you watch Charlie Chaplin, you know that you're watching a guy who's showing off his athletic skills. Trond is amazing because he he is doing all of that, but he's not screaming about it. And some of the some of the slapstick stuff that he does is phenomenal. How did you get hold of Trond and how did you get to know him? And, and also, how much of the, the sort of the more physical stuff did you write in originally and how much did he bring to it? Norway is a very small country, so we we know about most people. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, Tron was like one of the one of the people that we had in mind when we started writing. That we thought, you know, Torgeir, we would like to try Tron in in that role mm. uh, because he had done. He is a really good actor, one of the best actors in Norway, and he uh, has this. Fun, in addition, he has this fantastic, you know. Uh, comedy timing and all that slapstick stuff he's like the funniest funniest guy and also a fantastic actor so yeah. so uh, we had seen him watched him in in some um he had done some pure comedy like um uh, a mockumentary uh, um, reality show type thing where he played him played you know really well with the slapstick stuff so mm. so we thought you know this guy would be perfect for for this role and and that time we were we were right <laughs> so um yeah, you, you know Trond uh, he does a lot of stuff he he also uh, he's also a director and i think you know that he 
he brings a lot to the to the role of Torgeir, and um, you know I, I feel that he has taken you know our our days to a different level, uh, and he makes it so alive. Uh, so uh, so he, a lot of the mannerisms and you know Torgeir's uh, that he is so lovable. Uh, it's you know it's that's all uh, Trump. Oh yes, and and the guy who plays uh, Jan Jan. Yes. Um, have no, what Fritjof? Mm. That is one of the most grotesque, <laughs> gr- grotesquely played characters ever. You know, we, we're tested constantly with modern series. We're tested from Breaking Bad to the ones that you mentioned before in liking people who are bad, and how you manage to make us feel moments of empathy or sympathy. For for Jan in that last series, after all the stuff he's done, like there are actual moments when you feel sorry for him, which is amazing. And how can an actor play somebody that grotesque so well? I uh, I really don't know. You know, it's a um, Fritjof is also a fantastic actor, and and um, when we saw him, you know, when we started watching um, the the tapes from from the first shoots in Lillehammer. He wasn't really in the show that much because we had this idea that you know every episode we wanted there to be a new antagonist. Mm. But when we saw him and Tron we realized you know we have to we have to change this and we have to bring you know the characters that work so well more into it. And um, the whole thing with um, with Jan and you know that he all the twists and turns in his uh, sort of uh, perverse uh, life uh, <laughs> comes from, you know, watching Fritjof do uh, do that uh, sort of uh, sexually deviant uh, social worker. You know, the way he did it wow. was so inspiring to us. It inspired you. There's a quote that Fritjof never wants to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we wrote it inspired by Fritjof himself. <laughs> oh, but, you know, that guy really has a gift. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Like a, it, it's it's like I can't I don't understand how he does it because yeah. you know you feel so much for him and he's just such a hopeless guy <laughs> and um, you know it's it's really fascinating and it, it and you know it inspires you to think you know what what else can he do you know yeah, it's, like he, you... it's like he embodies the wor- the very very worst opinion of ourselves inside our minds that we could find the most cringeworthy embarrassing yeah. humiliated moments where you feel like you've just gone <laughs> in front of people yeah it's like he manages to pull that out and turn an entire character into he's a bit, he's a bit he reminds me of a character it's a comedy show called Rising Damp from the 70s over you probably haven't heard of it but there's a character in that uh, Leonard Rossiter plays who's a Rigsby he's called and he's a real like desperate sort of pervy guy and it does remind <laughs> me a bit of him it's I know you know I if somebody described this character to me like before I, I would you know I would think well I, that's not someone I want to watch but the, yeah you know, so it's let's talk about Stephen then. So is Stephen Van Sant a, an absolute nightmare to work with? <laughs> I mean, we've, I've noticed that in the last series now he's co-creator, he writes the music, he's directing things. Clearly that guy has come in, he, st- he pulled a gun on everybody and started throwing his weight around. <laughs> is he a vile no, human no, being? No, no, the, the truth is, you know, he's he's not uh, coming as a co-creator. Oh right, okay. The, the, the other stuff. Oh, you didn't know great. that. Sorry, that's <laughs> that's season four. Stephen is, you know, he he. Uh, we approached Stephen um, in two thousand nine 
when we were writing the pilot, uh, we read in the newspaper that Stephen Van Zandt, uh, or what we read in the paper was that the E Street Band was giving a concert in Bergen, which is in yeah. another part of the country than we live in. And we knew that we wanted to, to try and meet him, and we managed to set up a meeting. Um, at that time, we had the baby who was like four or five weeks old. And uh, we had to bring that baby to the meeting. <laughs> so, so, so very sort of, a very sort of um, Norwegian Scandinavian yeah. thing to do, I guess, yeah. because there was this girl that set up the meeting for us uh, through some, you know, rock music organization or whatever. And and we, when she met us and she saw that we we brought the baby, she was like, <laughs> "Oh, please, you know, yeah. <laughs> remember this guy is like world famous. Don't make me look bad." And oh, all that stuff. <laughs> she was so nervous. Uh, but when we met Stephen, he was extremely cordial. He said hello to me, to Eilif, and to our baby. And when we um, pitched the idea, he was like, mm, "I like this," and he. He had said, you know, from the start that he he was not looking for another acting job. Um, he, as far as he was concerned, Sopranos is, you know, perfect. Mm, no need yeah. to do anything <laughs> after that. Yeah. Um, but he he liked the idea, and we had, you know, a really fun conversation. And he and he said, you know, from the start that if he if if he was going to do it, he would like to be uh, involved in the writing. So. When we um, when we got you know a commitment from the broadcaster, uh, we went to the states to uh, to do a, a rewrite of the pilot episode together with him because we needed to see you know if we were able to work with him and he of course wanted to see if you know yeah. Yeah. would this work out. So we spent like a week uh, in his apartment in New York and. It was, uh, you know, just really good fun. And uh, he's... Uh, what was that like? Uh, Tell us what it's like to live with Stephen Van Sant <laughs> yeah. for a week. No, we were, oh, I'm sorry. I, I gave you the wrong impression. We stayed at the hotel, but we spent, you know, we were working in his house. Um, mm. So so it was it was not like we were, like, there. Yeah. He has, like, the sweetest, uh, nicest wife, and they had this little dog <laughs> that they just bought, and... Um, no, he's just a really, you know, really. What does he serve cool up for? Guy. What does he serve up for drinks and food? Oh, it was this fantastic table of, uh, you know, finger food in all different shapes and sizes. But we uh, we were so into working with the ideas that we didn't really eat much. Yeah. <laughs> so gradually over time, he's 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 enjoyed it more and more and got more involved, and that's okay with you. Oh yeah, yeah. We're uh, absolutely. You know, he's he's so vital to the show and um, to how it turned out. And he's been like, uh, he's really, you know, gone out of his way to to promote the show and to make it, you know, as good as it could be. And uh, and we have had a really nice relationship with him. So. Well, you know, you said uh, earlier that it wasn't originally sort of something that was looking to be distributed worldwide. Like, how did the Netflix and uh, how how did it work out that it got sort of the distribution that it did? It's kind of uh, funny to think about now is that um, when Stephen came to Norway to start shooting, he was um, he was like really 
struck by how well the actors were acting. So, <laughs> oh my God, you know, these guys, they really know how to act. These guys can act. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess he must have been like really relieved, you know, because yeah. to go from the States and say, I'm going to, to shoot a drama series in Norway at that time probably sounded like, you know, I'm going to Kazakhstan to make <laughs> a TV series, yeah. something, you know, totally. just really risky and really strange. So he was, you know, really, really happy with the, the uh, actors. And and um, after two weeks of shooting, he said, like, you know, this should be on American TV. And we were like, okay. <laughs> yes, because, please. Because, you know, Americans at that time, there had never been, you know, any Norwegian show that had been shown you know, almost anywhere. Yeah. And Americans, you know, they, they remade The Office. So yeah. why, you know, yeah. it, it just sounded really crazy to us. But he was like, no, no, you have to make you have to make a, a promo that I can take to the States so I can, you know, work on selling the show. <laughs> so uh, based on the two first weeks, we made the promo. Uh, that was quite good uh, and sort of got the basic idea across. And, and he, um, you know, he, after a while... Uh, he said to us, you know, that uh, I'm having a meeting with Netflix. And we were like, Net? What? Netflix? Yeah. Never heard about it. Yeah. So, so, you know, even after it was uh, sold to Netflix, when we talked to people, they were like, Netflix, what's that? And we were like, you know, it's kind of like iTunes, <laughs> only for, <laughs> for TV shows. And people said, well, okay. But now, you know, everyone has Netflix. And yeah. it, it's oh, just really, nice. really strange to think about how much... TV has changed just over those few years. And do they pay you a lot more for season three Netflix than season one? Does it go up? Every yes. Time? Yes. Much, much bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in the third season than in the first season. Because the first season was, you know, it was a really low budget show, was the it? first season. And then uh, it grew, you know, a lot for each, each season. So When Steven started saying, I want to go to South America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he wanted to go to to South America, but we also, you know, I could tell. Um, the phenomenon of, of internet um, dating is really big in Norway. I think you know it has to do with what we talked about before that you know Norway is so big and there are so few people, and in parts of the country there are uh, there's a there's, you know a substantial lack of women. <laughs> so it's uh, it's very you know it's. It's something that is happening a lot that people um, that people get romantically involved with someone, and um, also you know the the phenomenon of, of Norwegians sort of messing up in different parts of the of the world and being imprisoned, and that is also you know something that happens a lot. So really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, well, well, we felt you know it's kind of interesting to have him. Uh, involved in in a situation like that. How easy is it to get hold of the the, the sort of uh, viewing figures from like Netflix stuff? How easy do you, do you know, do you give a uh, sort of vague idea of what uh, how successful it's been? Oh, it's hard. You know, they have this policy that they will are not going to disclose. You know, anything. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's uh, so it's uh, it's uh, kind of hard to know. But um, I I think that um, that Lilyhammer worked better than they expected um, right so they would just come back when they when they want another season they would just they wouldn't give you the details they'd just say yeah no 
Yeah, we want I think I think they may have leaked some numbers to Steven, but uh, right. but you know they are very secretive about oh. about numbers. So and Steven didn't leak them to you. <laughs> and you're not going to leak them to us. <laughs> Damn no it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I think uh, it. Uh, I think it did really well. You know, uh, I'm. I don't know how the numbers are now or what the situation is, but uh, it was kind of. You know, it's kind of fantastic to think about Lilyhammer that we were the first original show that they launched their original wow. show. It's brilliant. Shows yeah. with. Um, I love it. Now, I, I of course, love they have like show. a number of shows, so it's not. Yeah, but yours is yours is still the best. Oh, you're you're so kind. And, uh, anyone who doesn't understand it doesn't get it yet. We have this thing on the box set um, pod. We often talk about the four episode rule that when you watch a new TV series, you a new box set, you have to watch four episodes before you're allowed to quit because mm-hmm. every. Every um, box set has got a different kind of barrier to get over before you get the feel and what it's all about and all of that. And um, and on average, it seems around four episodes is kind of enough to sort of yeah feel like you're either gonna go with it or not. Or at least that's what mm-hmm. we found. Yeah. And with Lilyhammer, it, it did it. I I liked all the aspects of it at first, but I didn't quite get that it was. Hang on, this is going to sound like an insult, but I didn't get that it was first and foremost a comedy first because I was watching it having just watched The Sopranos. I was kind of, my head was in in gangster space much more than it was in comedy space. And once I realised that, then it it opened up the door. When you look back now at the three series, what what are your criticisms? What's your favourite season? And what would you change about, about them? Hmm. I think, you know, the, the first season was kind of special because we had such a low budget and it was such a, you know, such a struggle just to have it made at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and it kind of shows a little bit. So I think that the second season is better in some aspects, uh, just, you know, because in the second season we had more money and, and the, you know, the different people working like uh, the scenographer and all you know all, all the people involved had more time to do their job properly yeah. and that kind of helps yeah um i think personally uh, my favorite episode is episode two in season two uh, i really like it it's called out of africa Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we have this uh, it's it's an episode where frank tagliano uh, is acquainted with uh, um, an asylum seeker from Africa and uh, kind of gets really interested in his case because he's uh, he's so good at making Italian food and yeah, you know he sort of deals with everything uh, for this uh, this really sweet guy who turns out to be to be gay also and you know he's just <laughs> completely wrong for a mob guy to like but yeah. uh, Frank. Loves him anyway, so so I I think that is probably you know my favorite episode. I think. Well, my favorite is um, season three, the ski jump episode. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. the episode four in, in season three. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, oh I like my it also. god! I just... Because we always wanted to to make you know um, to do uh, some kind of take on on Goodfellas. So right, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, so, you know, it's and it so... has all that, but it's bookended by this amazing <laughs> um, situation of of um, Torgir. The character Torgir is an ex 
he almost made it into the Lilyhammer Olympics, but didn't quite make it. And all he ever wanted was to do the jump in the opening ceremony. <laughs> and um, and it's him trying to do that jump for a, a, like a reunion thing. And it's just so I was I was almost crying when it. Well, I'm not going to give anything away, but I was all, I was in tears. It was so funny, and moving at the same time. So you, you know that that episode uh, brought us in in trouble with um, the broadcasting authorities why? because there was a complaint from the <laughs> from, from the 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 audience, the TV audience, about uh, unmotivated oral sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good complaint. Unmotivated. What yeah. does that mean? So that there isn't a good enough reason for it to be there, or or that it's not being done with any motivation. I'm, I I think you know that the one who complained felt that um, the oral sex was like it was sexist. You know that, that it was bad. Yeah. That it told young wo- women who watched it that they were supposed to to give blowjobs to help guys like yeah. do ski jumps and stuff. <laughs> Which is a big problem in Norway. You, I mean, this is yeah, yeah, this is a country yeah. where you don't want to encourage people to uh, <laughs> encourage other people to ski jump through the use of blowjobs. That's quite a valid message, and I stand by the complaint that I made. <laughs> to say that it's sexist is kind of. You know, for Sexist. us it was a bit absurd because a few episodes later, there is this woman who who forces or sort of uh, coerces a guy to giving her a blowjob. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we felt, you know, how can I think you know, that you know everybody gets their share of this? So so stop complaining. Oh man, uh, wait wait, maybe one day you'll write something for the BBC and then you'll see complaints. Whoa. Oh, it's like that in, in BBC also? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, oh, my goodness me. People complain at the BBC about things like the grammar used on a on an advert. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, there's a new show called Wolf say. Hall recently. It got complaints, for over hundreds of complaints, because people didn't like those too many candles and there wasn't enough lighting. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like, you know, the NRK and the BBC are like, you know, similar, yes, similar type are, of yeah. thing. And, and the, the NRK... Uh, you get a lot of complaints like handwritten with, you know, oh, really God. sort of, it, it's not the emails, it's more sort of old fashioned letters. Yeah. With it's sent by Jan. The Second World War. And, you know, like, <laughs> Sealed with wax. Yes. <laughs> so listen, we've got five minutes left, so I, I want to get my last questions in now. Um, season four, is it going to happen? I don't know. Um, oh. The show is not you know, renewed yet, okay. and it's not cancelled. So, I don't know. How long um, does it take? Do you have any control? Do you know when you find out these things, or is it just no, not not really? Wow. Which is, <laughs> you know, I guess you know we're we'll just have to wait and see. I guess mm-hmm. you know. I think there are. We would be happy to make more and. Uh, you know, go on with this crazy universe in uh, Lillehammer, and um, I, I guess you know Netflix. Uh, they are considering a lot of different options. It's not like we are the only series anymore. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, so but you're, a a, of, you're a winner. Lots though. of offers. So they've got to. They've got to bring it back. And um, there is a key character at the end of season three that appears to be leaving. If Season four does happen. I'm presuming that you've already written down some ideas for it. Um, has that actor decided to leave, and will that actor, will that character, actually be gone in season four? No, no way. 
<laughs> you yes. know that we have i have you know have if there is a season four he will be back you know Excellent. he will be brought back Excellent. pretty fast good good uh, to know and before you do go i'd just like to know uh what tv show do you absolutely love and love binge watching personally um you know i really love binge watching almost anything you know yeah. um like i've been watching Broadchurch now oh right are you on season two i've i've just just finished the season two it's because we're good, working on another idea you know another crime comedy oh uh, really now, so we've sort of been watching a lot of stuff like that and you know broad church is great so i really liked it i also started watching the missing that's oh british yeah too, brilliant it? yeah that's british yeah yeah but, you know, that's uh, that's pretty good and also now i watch you know we rewatched Twin Peaks again. Oh, <laughs> wow. Which is, you know, fantastic, of course. Soprano is brilliant. Yeah. And right now I'm watching Togetherness. Oh, yeah, I've been watching that with uh, on H- the HBO show, yeah, with yeah. the sort of family. It's really good, isn't it? It's like a comedy, but it's quite it's quite sort of uh, moving as well, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sort of a sort of a woman's show, you know? Yeah. <laughs> with... <laughs> there you go, Joe. Well, I like it. So, I, really, I really like comedies also. I, I loved Silicon Valley. Yeah. And, uh, I'm looking forward to a new season of that. And, uh, Have you of been... course, I love, you know, what everyone else loves. I love Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. I love Breaking Bad and Mad Men. And What about all the Scandinavian stuff? Well, have you been watching the Fortitude show that's been... Uh, yes. Yeah. I liked it. I've only seen the first episode, but I uh, I liked it a uh, lot, and I want to, to watch the, the other uh, episodes that are available. So so I'm into that, and of course, you know, we watch I watch the the Swedish and Danish series, and yeah. and you know, it's it's just um, it's nice that you. There's one American series that I really really like this season. I think it was after Christmas, and it's called Halt and Catch Fire. Did you watch that? Oh, I've not. I've not no. watched that. No. Oh, it's. Uh, I I really liked it. You know, it's like um, uh, it's like a little bit like Mad Men, only set in the eighties, oh. uh, in the the race to have the first uh, uh, personal computer ready. Oh. So it's it's kind of fascinating. Okay. It's not like the. I guess it's not a huge commercial hit because it's kind of you know for especially interested people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I really love that. So um, It's good, that, you, that, it's out, good yeah. that you made a Scandinavian um, box set that wasn't about crime, actually. Oh, I suppose it is about crime. <laughs> 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 I think it's kind of, you know, sometimes I've been invited to, to seminars and stuff other places in Europe, and it's always been like, you know, uh, a Scandinoir yes, kind of thing and yeah. it feels a little bit odd because I feel you know we are not Scandinoir <laughs> <laughs> you're the clown in the corner which is yeah, great yeah. Okay. we're happy happy about that um, okay T- two final questions firstly you're getting in a spaceship you're going to another planet and you're only allowed to take one box set with you apart from Lilyhammer what are you taking with you Oh, it would have to be The Sopranos or Twin Peaks. Excellent. I'm not quite yes, sure. One, one of those. It's just, you know, because I'm, I I know I could... I, I think actually Twin Peaks, probably. Twin Peaks. Because and I'm, question I've two... Sopranos so many times, so Twin Peaks I've only watched maybe four times. So. <laughs> but Mad Men's amazing TV, isn't it? Oh, yes, Mad Men. I love it. I, I, was, I had the same, you know... Um, the thing that you said about you have to watch four episodes before you really get yeah. into it, I think... Uh, uh, it's it was kind of slow for me uh, you know it, it took a while 
yeah. loving it. And but from then on, I really sort of got really into it. So well, our guinea pig Fife Dangerfield, who is a musician and he appears on this podcast, we've been trying to make him. We've been force feeding him Mad Men. And he still won't like and it. He's gone past four episodes, but he's still not enjoying it. Ah, uh, but then you just have to give up. Yeah. Yeah. It's turning into torture. Now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's so it's so hard, you know, with people when they sort of decide not to like it. It's so yeah. irritating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Anne. Thank you so much for talking to us. It's been a pleasure. I know you have to go and take the kid, pick the kids up now. Um, uh, and if you make a season four, can we come and um, record a box set pod yes. from backstage underneath the set, yeah. really quietly? Yeah, that sounds great. That'd of course, great, I, I would love that. Just, um, just hiding you know, I was in the really, rafters yeah. somewhere. Really glad to be on your show. Is that what you call it? Even yeah. if it's a podcast, yeah, yeah. show. And I just have to say, I have been to Manchester also. Uh, um, Yeah, not much here. I know it's a nice city. You (laughs) shouldn't feel so bad about this. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good city. Come and see us sometime. Okay, great. Thank you. And thank you so much. Bye. 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 Next week, then, will be the special episode, Director's Commentary. After that, Luke Marston, Five Days of Phil, will be joining us again. And uh, don't forget, you can always email us. Um, by emailing studio at theboxsetpod.com. 